Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got CJ Finley. CJ, you're the CEO and podcast host of Thrive On Life. Your website is thriveonlife.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Love what you do. And as a fellow podcast host, I'm just super impressed with your systems and how efficient (laughs) this is. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, coming from you, that's a compliment because you're kind of a systems guy. Uh, If you were to kind of sum up in about 30 to 60 seconds what it is that you do and the outcome that you help um, your fellow business owners create, what would that be? So I help people essentially become the CEO of their own life. Unfortunately, we're brought up in a world where you're in an education system where you're just working to get a grade. And then once you get out of the education system, you're working to just please your boss. And we're not really taught how to build our own system and profit in that system. We're taught to do whatever we have to do and we're paid by whatever job we get into, right? So essentially, um, long story short, I got up into the entrepreneurial game. Um, I was an ex-athlete and people were asking me to personal train them. And I started personal training them and then essentially went into a world of other personal trainers were asking how I was scaling. And I got obsessed with helping other people scale their businesses. And what Mm -hmm. I really realized was most people had the skills. They had the zone of genius of they were good at what they did, but they didn't know how to bring in other people to help them get their get their brand or their business to that next level. They didn't know how to teach. They knew what they were doing and how to like show up if I'm a trainer or show up if I'm a coach um, or if I'm real estate, I know how to be a realtor, but I don't know how to bring other people on board on that mission and then get to that next level. So essentially where I sit in the entrepreneurial game is teaching people what it's meant to be a CEO, how to start with finances, systems, and technology, because in today's Mm -hmm. world of social media, everyone's addicted to sales and social media, and nobody has a stable foundation of understanding like margins, profit margins, the difference between revenue, how much tax is coming out. So I'll come in and teach them the ground level stuff of finance, how to build out your project management system, uh, your people system, and your database, and then hit the ground running with the brand and social media and everything else after that. So I build the foundation Mm -hmm. so that they have stable legs for the future. Yeah. Um, why is that so important? I mean, I think some people, um, you know, might just be caught up in this idea of just like, well, all I need to focus on in sales is sales and marketing. And that's it. Uh, I know, and you know, <laughs> what the, the, the consequence of that is, but it, I, you know, from, from a COO perspective, can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. So I think one of the, I'm, I'm a problems and solutions guy. So I look at problems and try to solve them. And one of the problems that people have is selling is fun. Getting people into the top of the funnel is fun, but retaining those customers over the long run is where the real money is made. But that's where a lot of people fail because they don't have the documentation or processes set up to really understand what their customers want. So a real good company doesn't have to sell anything. If they have a really good brand, the customers are able to find them. I was listening to one of your past podcasts on positioning. It was spot on. If you position your brand where the customers are, 
already, they're going to already buy from you. And then your only goal really is to service those customers at the best capability that you can possibly do. And then even below that is understanding referrals and affiliate. So as a COO, like my job for a company is to help them understand that while they're really good at bringing customers in, they're actually going to make more money if they raise their CLV, like customer lifetime value. So really, if I bring it down to just two equations, it's how do I lower their cost of acquisition of a customer and then extend their CLV and just teaching them from a very general example of, okay, if you have five clients paying you, let's say $500 a month, is that better than if you have one client paying you $500 a month, right? Because a lot of people get attached to, I have so many clients, I have so many customers. Well, that's actually more work and less bang for your bucks. So let's find out what your customer actually is and lower the cost to actually acquire that target market and then extend their CLV. So you have lifelong customers and you're going to build a sustainable brand and a company that's going to last well beyond probably when that, when you're in it, you're going to exit from it because you're going to want to do other things most likely. Now, CJ, I know you do work as a, as a fractional COO. So when you are visiting with a new company, like what are some of the first couple of questions that you want to ask them or the processes that you want to take them through so that, I mean, I guess it's just like, if we're looking at, well, first things first, we need to do X. What is X? People. So the first thing I always look at is the why rather than what it is they're trying to do. Um, so I look at companies in three different layers. There's three different layers, meaning systems. I'm a systems engineer. So this is how I think it's weird. I know, but um, people system, the project management system, and the database. You'd be so surprised how many small businesses and startups never focus on actually like understanding who they're bringing into their team. So are they giving them a survey to understand like on a bad day, how does that person act Um, on a good day? How does that person act? Because if they act like an asshole on a good day, like that's still terrible for your brand and for the long run. Um, And then your project management, so many companies like don't even have Slack. They don't have Trello or Jira or Basecamp or anything. They're literally just running around doing whatever it is that they think gets them to the next level without actually tracking and documenting. What are we trying to hit? Like, do we have any OKRs or KPIs? So getting them understanding the project management side. And then the third thing is database. It's compound interest. So the way that I'll teach them is if you have a penny and you put in a bank at the end of the year, you have more than a penny. Well, your ideas in your head, if they're in your head, they never become anything else other than your ideas. Mm. But if you document them in a Google, in a Google drive or Dropbox or whatever, I can put my idea in there and then my intern or my CMO or somebody can run with that idea because it's outside of my head. And then I have a very clear structure of where everything is put so that if I were to sell this company one day, it's actually an asset and things in my head, that's not an asset. It's only an asset to me because I Mm -hmm. have an ego and I think that these things matter. But if you actually build things into the database that you're doing. And normally, again, I come from the corporate world, so your database is built on servers and other things, but on a ground level, small businesses, just getting them on a Google Drive and understanding why this is important because documentation for small business owners is like pulling teeth. They're like, why the hell do I have to do this? But then a year into it, when they start hiring and I help them start hiring people, they're like, oh my God, now they're running with this document that I created one year ago. So literally it's just people, what are you doing to manage your projects? And then what database do you have to build compound to interest over the next decade uh, so that you can actually sell your company to somebody? Would you say that that's the number one 
uh, problem that you see founders struggling with would be the, kind of the failure to systematize or get themselves out of the equation? I think- Or is there something else? If there's something else, please tell me. <laughs> yeah, I think from my, from my level, because again, like anybody that's listening, their perspective I'm sitting at is where my real wheelhouse is entry-level founders. I love sitting with them because I was one. I went from the corporate world to then being able to understand how to make a six-figure income and now trying to do seven-figure with my own business. But they struggle so much from, a lot of people can make a couple grand a month on their own. Mm -hmm. But the number one thing they struggle with is how to systemize so that they're paying somebody $1,000 a month to help them now make 10 Gs a month. And then once you make 10 grand a month, taking three grand and paying two more people to then make 15 grand a month, because your net margin mm -hmm. is going to be higher, but they don't even like, if I said that to them, they don't even understand that lingo. So it's a six month to a year long process of getting them to understand it, that when you make more money, you're going to spend more money, but that's not a bad thing. As long as your margin is growing, because most people come from a world where spending money is bad. Like we're, we're taught yeah. save, 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 save. Right. But if you're a business owner, especially if you're in marketing, like Josh, like, man, the processes that you set up to have someone hop on a call before this was exactly what I try and do with other people because you're maximizing your time, but you're also employing somebody else to then grow up within this channel. And literally you can then raise your own margins because your time is more valuable. So yeah. that's on a nutshell, the number one problem that I found with somebody on the lower level, just trying to get into the entrepreneurial game. You know, just on this one, we'll take a look at this, just this one example of like podcasting. And so, you know, I get people, you know, people <laughs> have no idea. Like there's been weeks where I've done 20 some podcast interviews and people are, you know, how on earth do you do that? They're struggling to pump out one podcast a week. <laughs> And it's like, man, all it is is just systems. And so, uh, you know, you know, kind of this old idea, you know, it's kind of Michael Gerber, like the CEO should only be doing what the CEO should do. Now, there's going to be a time I probably won't, I, I'm going to have to weave in another host here. Uh, but for now, I really, really love this. And it's been very, very effective for us as a business strategy for me to be the, you know, the guy behind the mic. But is, you know, what, what CJ, what, what you're referring to just for the person who's listening in on our conversation, uh, would be, uh, you know, when we have, um, someone, uh, register to be a guest on the podcast, um, there's a whole lot of things. There's lots of little videos from me, uh, making sure that our guest has everything that they need to just knock it out of the park by the time that they show up. We have a quick pre-interview just to work out the tech, go through the form, you know, the flow of the of the show. I've got all the notes that I need. So I think the idea here is kind of like, um, you know, and I think that's the goal for many of us, especially if you're personally branded, is, you know, you want the glam squad to go in and just do everything for you. So you just show up and you look good. So, uh, you know, just again, kind of a little insider baseball, like I've got notes on like everything that I could ask you about. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's, and that helps me know where to go. Now, meanwhile, I've done this a gazillion times. So, you know, again, with practice, you get better at that stuff. Now, but here's the thing, CJ, and this is this kind of takes me to my next question is, you know, when we talk about, and I think, you know, the biggest problem I see with founders is not relinquishing control of something yes. because no one can do it as well as they can. But um, you, you just understand that, yeah, that might be, that might be true in the beginning, um, that, yeah, you're going to bring someone in to do this one job that you were doing and you're right, they're going to stink. 
they're going to be horrible. And it's probably going to be a few months or a couple months or a month until they're competent at it. Uh, and that's okay because eventually they're going to get to a point where when that's all they do, I mean, I have people on my team that are way better than I am at certain things. I wouldn't have a clue how they do what they do. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's not my job as a founder to understand and master everything within the organization. I leave that to extremely skilled team members um, to do that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're hitting on control. That's, I think that's the number one thing that kills startups and, and destroys the morale of startups. Um, and I mean, my kills by like from the inside out, it's cancerous is an egotistical founder. And I think what ends up happening is a founder starts seeing a little bit of success and he forgets what it's like to be in the beginning or to, to be brought into something. So I always remind myself, like I just hired we have two summer interns here and I tell myself in my journal that, okay, my job now for the next two months isn't to make more profit in this company and to do better at my job. It's to give as much as I can to them because I remember what it's like to be an intern and to not be seen and not be heard yeah. and not, not nobody coming to me and asking like, what is it that I want to do with my life? And, and that's where I think if you can, Ego is enemy from Ryan Holiday is a good book. Like if you can reduce your ego and realize that this is a long game. And I think that's another thing to get into is a lot of people are rushing around. I view this as a 20, 30, this is my lifetime's journey. So I don't need to rush. I don't need to worry about my finances the next month. I need to give um, and understanding when to be humble and take a look in the mirror and say, this is my time to give to somebody else because I remember being that person. And if that person uh, doesn't pan out, then I made the wrong choice in bringing them into my company. And that's where a lot of people fail because if that person fails, they point the finger rather than saying, I hired the wrong person. I didn't have the process or system set up to vet them well enough so that when they came in, if I gave them a month or two of my time, they're off to the races. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do the opposite. A lot of CEOs do the opposite. Oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to hire whoever. And then when that person doesn't work out, I'm going to bitch and complain because that person didn't work out. So that's right. what I've and seen just in my past. And just, they're just a replaceable gear in a machine. Exactly. And you, you basically get into the startup world to not be a replaceable gear in a machine, but then you treat people like a gear in a machine. And mm -hmm. here at Thrive on Life, we do the exact opposite. I mean, you can see it says, feel your passion behind. Like we do things a little bit differently. It's quirky. It's they show up at 10. So like right after this interview, like it's very flexible. It's more so how do I integrate business into your lifestyle? And that comes with understanding like core values, mission. We're very mission driven people and we put people before profit. And that's another yeah. thing that I think a lot of companies need to start saying, um, especially during times like COVID where like my wife is still going into the, going into their office because they're saying um, being together is the secret sauce. Well, at what cost? To, to your team and to the people, right? Like it just doesn't make sense. So it's putting people before profit at the end of the day. And when you say that to yourself, you got to own it, you got to do it. And I found that that has had helped me have much more success when I slow down and I do that. Um, and innately people are attracted to that. So. Uh, so a, a really good book on this subject is uh, Lynchpin by Seth Godin, uh, awesome. you know, where you, you really kind of, in, you know, invest into becoming indispensable. But, you know, again, on the leadership role is make your people indispensable. 
Uh, you know, one thing I know, CJ, that, that you talk frequently about are, you know, kind of the importance of core values. And, and I'm hoping you could kind of share just a bit on that and why that's so critical to operate upon that and, and, and maybe just help us kind of, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I first got into this journey, it was, it was really hard. Like when you start running your own business, you think like you see the glamour on social media and you're thinking it's just going to be this cakewalk. And I was struggling. Like, so I was, I was working before my corporate job and then after, so it was, it was 14 hour days. And there were some days I won't, I won't lie to you that I was like, what the hell am I doing? Um, but I started realizing like I was got hooked on continuing to do it. And then I started diving deep into like, why do I keep showing up? What is it that keeps me going? And when I thought back, it was just like, I'm an athlete again, for those listening, what kept me going to practice early on in the morning when like practice is no fun, the game is fun. Um, and it was just this motivation that I had with, I want to be the best team player. I want to, I love, enjoy being in a community. Um, I love being empathetic and understanding other people's viewpoints. I'm super passionate. I love being gritty. And when it comes to that, that's how I kind of got into it. I started realizing that with other companies, when the days were hard, you knew it. When the days were great, you knew it. But I wanted companies to start adjusting to more of an unwavering mindset. You're judged more on what you do on the bad days than you do on Mm -hmm. the good days because Mm -hmm. there's going to be bad days. That's just how it goes. So how are you going to react? And that's where, for me, I build out something called mind map. So anybody listening, like mind mapping is a great tool to visually see what you're thinking and then help other people understand what you're talking about. And what I do is I break a company into the why, the what, and the how. We start with the why always. So start with why by Simon Sinek, great book. But I start with this overarching mission where mine is, I want to help millions of mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Now that's an unachievable goal because if I hit a million one day, then there's going to be more millions and then maybe billions. Like it's an unachievable goal that on a rainy day when I don't want to wake up and things aren't going well, I remind myself, what is this mission that I'm on this rocket ship? Well, I want to help people grow their ideas because ideas is the one step separator that separates us from other animals, which is we can think something and then bring something to life and it can last beyond our death. So I'm obsessed with that. The next thing is that's kind of woo woo. So I have to think of an objective to actually make money. So that's where my objective comes in, where it's, I want to do small business consulting, podcasting, helping people build out their systems, social media, things of that so that they can bring that mission to life. And it actually happens below that. And the last thing of the why is the core values. Now the core values really becomes important because it helps you say no to things. As an entrepreneur, Josh, I know you can attest to this, that you companies die of indigestion more than they die of starvation because there's so much flying at you, so many things you can do, so many ideas. It's more about what you say no to and then free your time mm-hmm. up to take on 20 podcasts a, a, a week to then help the entire pie grow. People don't understand that in the beginning and it's, it was hard for me to teach that. So there, so that's where the core values, I was like, wow, this is a great teaching point because when I teach them, okay, what are your core values? Let's have like four to seven to 10. And when you're building your company and you're hiring people, and then you're doing your social media, when you make a post, is it relevant to your core values? And this is the easiest way to see. So if you go on drive on life, we showcase people, which one of our things is community. We showcase empathy, kindness, grittiness, um, passion. That's what we want to show. So then when you show those core values, you attract those core values. And over time, you start building, again, a very sustainable company that's driven through the heart. 
people before profit based on those core values, because you're able to say no to that like gut feeling that's like, well, this guy came and approached me and he's willing to pay me 5K or 10K, but it just seemed salesy. It seemed kind of slimy. It didn't align with my core values. I'm going to say no to that. Now, here's the difference. Your core values, if it doesn't match your core values, say no. If it doesn't match your comfort zone, say yes. Because a lot of people confuse the two, comfort zone and core Mm -hmm. values. They try to stay in their comfort zone and they align it with, oh, this doesn't match my core values. Like, no, like this morning before this, I went, I, I ran two miles, right? I don't like running, but because it was uncomfortable, I could align that with like, ah, I, don't, I don't really want to do this, but does it match my core value of like grittiness, passion? Yes. So then I'm like, I need to do this because it aligns with it, even though it's uncomfortable. So that's kind of like how I, it started where it was helpful to me to remind myself to keep going. And then I started realizing it was actually a great teaching tool for others so that when they wake up, if they have their core values mapped out, they know even like what friends to hang around, what family to hang around, what ideas to get involved with, what business partners to get involved with, just have your core values and that, that'll guide you. Uh, CJ, when people hire you, uh, what, what does that look like? Um, what does engagement look like? Are they, just, are they just hiring you as a consultant or how else would they engage with you? Yeah, so uh, I practice what I preach. I made a mind map for myself and in the startup world, uh, you're trying to find a business model. That's the beginning of like the startup is how do you find a scalable business model? So what I did was like, how can I build and scale a consulting and media company if I never did consulting and media myself? So the past probably two and a half years has been me working with people one-on-one or in teams. So probably small businesses under 10 employees um, generating hundred K a month. Uh, they're about at the million dollar mark. Um, and what I do is implement myself in them, find out what are the biggest problems that they're having? Because again, I'm a long-term thinker. I want to help millions of people go from the corporate world to maybe building a side hustle that gives them some side income to then earning them a freedom that I feel now and I think is lacking so that they can focus on their health and other things, their family, spending time with their kids, stuff like that. So when someone works with me now, um, what it would look like is basically, uh, we have an intro call or an intro meeting where it's me just hearing them out. What are their problems? What, what are they struggling with? And if I can actually be of service to them, if I feel I can be of service to them, it kind of moves along the line where I get paid on retainer month over month or however long you sign that contract. Usually, even if I can't be of service to them, I know somebody that can help them. So if, if they have a specific problem, whether it's like email marketing, I have pretty good email marketing guys that can help them or uh, even podcasting. I have a podcast team. Like I'm not going to produce their podcast and manage it, like, but I have a manager of my own. So if they want their own podcast, I can show them how to do that. Um, so that's what it looks like on the ground level. But for now that I've kind of seen what problems are out there, I'm trying to build to scale as well, where we're starting to build, okay, I want to build accountability groups where it's, I'm working with 10 founders or 20 founders, not just one or two or three per week, um, on -on one-on-ones. It's more so we have a group of them, they go through a, a, a program and then, um, we incentivize them to follow the structure and, go out into the world and make a positive impact. So that's where we're at in my business right now is going from that. Okay. I, I got, I jumped in for two years, saw the kind of problems that are out there. Now I'm going to actually build a tool and a product to solve some of those problems and help more people. Cause that's what I'm after. All right. www.thriveonlife.com. CJ Finley, that's you. You're the CEO and podcast host. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it's really simple. You just, 
uh, look in the podcast, whatever podcast app you're using right now, and just search for Thrive on Life. You'll find CJ's show. And uh, CJ, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. No, this was a great combo. You asked great questions. And man, you're an inspiration. And I can't wait to uh, maybe have you on my podcast one day. Sounds great. Thanks, CJ. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're gonna promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.